I'm Dave Baker. And I'm Andrew Price. And I'm Mark Sargent. Welcome to Deep Cuts, the podcast where we pick a topic and walk you through the ins, the outs, and the nitty-gritty so that you can appear like an interesting and idiosyncratic person at your next forced social function. Today's topic is... Mark Sargent, part two? Who is Mark Sargent? Well, he's a former professional video game player, comic book store owner, and the figurehead of the rising wave of ignorance and anti-science thought, which is coalesced under the moniker the Flat Earth Movement. Despite our initial misgivings over fanning the flames of stupidity, we decided to reach out to Mark on a Hail Mary chance that he'd take the time to answer our exceedingly pressing questions around the eternal feud between the band The Deftones and the band Chevelle. What transpired was a roughly two-and-a-half-hour conversation that focused on both Mark's unsubstantiated beliefs surrounding COVID-19 and the idea that the Earth is flat, as well as his personal life. Despite Mark's horrifically ignorant views, I might have become best friends with him? Thank you uh, for making that. Yeah, thanks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no worries. I mean, why not? The end of the world's coming anyway. (laughs) I look forward to discussing that more. And also, uh, that's something you could probably convince me of as as we move closer and closer. That's not hard. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Are you kidding? How much time we got? Two weeks? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe, I guess, do you want to kind of give whatever your version of a mission statement is of what the flat earth movement is or what it's about um it's mostly about world domination uh, more than anything else we know <laughs> it's it's no it's a it's really more of a cult mission statement i actually have a thing i was going to supposed to read no it's not it's not like that the mission statement is this the i am part of a group that doesn't believe that we are living on a tiny little rock flying through space in impossible directions in a weird universe that doesn't make any sense. I believe, along with a lot of my friends, that we are living in a building with walls and a floor and a ceiling. And it was so big that even our best and brightest didn't figure it out until about 1960. Uh, the best way to be describe it would be a snow globe, you know, a planetarium, a terrarium, uh, a pizza box, something that was up until now, undis- you know, up until very, very recently, undiscovered. And we put it out there on the internet. It's like, oh, you know what? Prove us wrong. And it just kept growing and growing since 2015. In fact, uh, less than a week from now, I'm leaving Thursday night for the only, even despite the pandemic thing, uh, we're doing a conference this year. No masks down in South Carolina. So hundreds of people have already bought tickets and I'm going to open the damn thing. How fun is that? I mean, it and, and I have not traveled since January. So this is a big deal because I mean, I went to seven countries last year and did speaking things and all over the place. And, you know, even did a commercial in um, Australia for a mobile company and a mobile app. And then, you know, everything hit in January. It's like nobody went anywhere. And our community said, you know what? Screw this. Let's just do it anyway. And so we had to find a venue, which ended up being the Sh- a Shriners Convention Center in Greenville, South Carolina, because like, well, we were supposed to be in Vegas and we couldn't go because they said, nope, sorry, we're not even doing it. Even if you did, we'd have to require masks. So and, anyway, and what, there you go. That's my mission statement. Well, th- thank you. Uh, and w- I'm just curious about one of the things that you brought up there is what's the logic behind no masks? 
Well, I mean, yeah, we're talking about a conspiracy group. You know, if you're into Flat Earth, you are into just about every conspiracy you can think of. You'll at least entertain it. Uh, what I try to tell people is like, look, if you like your life the way it is, don't look at the Flat Earth at all. Because once you do, if you can get your head past the whole flat earth concept, you're going to revisit every conspiracy ever. And there's a new term that's been out for the last year and a half called auto hoaxing, which I don't like, but it's true. And I, I see it all the time where now the conspiracy world is so hyper intense, kind of like everything now, is that you believe that everything is a hoax. It's basically guilty until proven innocent. And so if you see it on the mainstream news, it's like, no, lie, hoax, whatever. And so when the virus came out, it's like, no, no, not buying it for a second. And we could, I could spend an entire show on the virus thing. I know you guys don't want to talk about that, but that's, that was our thing where it's like, no, nobody, no one wants to wear a mask because no one's buying it. At least not the hype. Not necessarily, you know, it's like, fine, are people getting sick? Sure. Fine. Does it mean you have to shut the whole world, world down? No. And so that's the statement. I mean, same with uh, our people that are protesting in England and Spain and Europe and all, all over the place. That's why we're doing it. None of us would even go to this conference if there, if there was a mask required. As a matter of fact, if people show up with masks, I almost guarantee there'll be media, which will be hilarious because we'll give them a whole bunch of crap. I'm curious about the way you phrase that too, because that, that's very interesting to me. Because, you know, sometimes when you talk about these things, it seems like you're almost on the periphery looking into a community, um, which is very interesting as somebody who is the figurehead of this movement, more or less. I mean, I'm not saying that you I, well, are no, no. necessarily. I'm just saying that a lot of people have pointed to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm different when it comes to conspiracies because I'm more on the objective side. I don't, in fact, the, the way I qualify a conspiracy is very, very different from the other conspiracy world, people in, in the community. I mean, you go to conspiracy conferences before ours and it'd be dark whispers and everything's really sinister. And is that a black hat over there? Oh my God, it's, you know, men in black. And people, you know, be speaking along those terms. But for me, a qualifier for any conspiracy is, does it benefit the greater good? And because my training, of, you know, doing the whole proprietary software thing and customer service for years and years and years, where I was dealing with really high stress uh, clients because they were paying way too much money for our software. Um, I can empathize. I can put myself in other people's shoes. It was, it, I, it was a skill I developed over the years. And so putting myself in like the government's shoes or the powers of being, take your pick, Illuminati, Bilderbergs, Council of Foreign Relations, Vatican, Masons, who cares? I can put myself in their shoes and say, okay, why is this conspiracy happening? Not that it's bad or good. Why is it happening? Why would you do it? And if I look at it and say, oh, yeah, I get it. Uh, you know, I, I see why it's happening. If it makes sense, if the ends justify the means, then it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I totally go along with that. You know, not not that I approve, but I'm not going to condemn it because it's like, look, they're doing it because that's their goal. So yeah, that's it pisses, pisses off people in my community somewhat. But at the same time, it's like, look, I don't care. That's how I work. Do you feel any sort of responsibility um, to people who might be, you know, immune or, uh, you know, who might have immune systems that don't function as well that are going to this conference that might be big fans of yours that might want to hear what you have to say. Oh, you mean like, like if it's going to be like a super spreader event, one of those things like Sturgis or something like that? No, no, I don't feel, I don't feel bad in the slightest because we're halfway through October. And again, I don't want to turn this into a, into a big virus rant, but we, this was the biggest bait and switch I've ever seen in the history of mankind. 
which is you tell us right off the bat that 1% of the population is going to die. It's going to turn into the Spanish flu and 3% of all senior citizens are going to die. That's huge numbers, massive numbers. I mean, we're talking three and a half million dead in the United States alone. That's even without taking in the senior citizen thing. And we didn't even, it's not 3 million, not 2 million, not 1 million. It's not even, we're at 200,000 after like two, 10 months. 215, I think something like that. That's nothing. It's literally, in fact, I just did a rant recently. Um, that is the same amount as auto accidents in, in the world. I mean, the, that, in fact, it's really weird. You can plot those two on the same graph. It's the same as auto accidents. So what happened? And nobody's, nobody's backing off on this. Plus one of my, my big things, oh my God, which is how I'm getting to the conferences. If it's an actual pandemic, you shut down the airports. You close them. That's what we, I mean, you guys are media people. You know this in every book and movie. That's how it works. I mean, my God, the opening of, uh, I don't know, Stephen King's It. <laughs> I mean, no, not It. Uh, Stephen King's um, The Stand, where the guy gets out of the army base, he gets into a plane and that's it. Or the end of 12 monkeys or everything. The airplanes are just an incubator. That's why they banned smoking from airplanes because the HEPA filters do nothing. Every airline pilot I've talked to says the same thing. Oh, yeah, you make coffee in the back of the plane. We'll smell it in the front in 10 seconds. It's that fast. If you can smell it, those particles are going to get there. So why didn't you shut down the airports? Shutting down the borders, that's one thing. You didn't shut down any domestic travel. No airports closed ever. No one can explain it. So no, it's, I, I feel no guilt at all whatsoever. I am one of those, and, and this may sound cynical, but I can put a price on human life. Always have. And it goes into my conspiracy things. You can put a price on human life. Do you shut down the entire country? create God knows how many homeless, God knows how many dead from suicides, and God knows how many from everything else, all the residual effects for what exactly? For how many people? The average age of, of people dying are what, 80, 75, 80, something like that? Sorry, I, I'm not going to wear a t-shirt that says I'm killing grandma, but no, I don't feel guilty in the slightest. Nope. Never well, uh, like you said, you know, we're here to talk about a little bit of other topics, but just as a closing point, um, I just want to be completely transparent and say that I know people who've been killed by the virus and I find it profoundly disturbing uh, that you don't find any sort of responsibility in that. But you would you would be the only person I know that has known. And I'm hey, look, I'm sorry, but I also don't believe necessarily in how they're tagging people for it. I mean, there was a wonderful story that came out not even two months ago where um, a son got a letter saying his mother tested positive for the virus in July. Well, that was a problem because she died in February and the, the CDC wouldn't back down on that. They said, no, no, she tested positive in July. It's like, well, what are you talking about? She's been dead for five months. So, sorry. I, and I'm sorry if it creates a rift between us, but that's how it is. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, one of the things I'm more interested in dis discussing is, is A, how the flat earth thing kind of bubbled up and and specifically the kind of levers of power that have facilitated it and oh my god there's a helicopter <laughs> uh uh so yeah so i like i was saying i i'm, I'm more interested in talking about just a little bit of, i'm curious as to your experience because you know i think there's kind of fundamental differences between the way you see the world and the way i see the world and and um I'm not really interested, you know, I've watched a bunch of your interviews and I'm, I'm personally not interested in having kind of a confrontational tete-a-tete -tete about the, the, you know, the kind of pseudoscience or the kind of uh, conspiratorial side of things of, you know, you know your, your whole 
HD camera that can see beyond the curvature. Right, of the right, right, like right. those that that those kind of points that you make that um just aren't true. Um, I'm not interested in discussing that. I'm more interested in discussing you as a person and kind of specifically what it's like to be inside that as it kind of grows, if that makes sense. Like one of the things I'm, I'm really interested about is, you know, Facebook has been a massive incubator, um, no pun intended for our previous discussion, but it's, it's been a massive incubator for misinformation and conspiracy theories and far right ideologies. Um, some of which you may disagree with, some of which you you might agree with, but that's not necessarily the point. The point I'm curious, the thing I'm curious about is when you first launched your YouTube channel, were you going into those groups and posting videos? Um, Did those groups play a part in your YouTube channel growing? Um, How do you view those groups? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, Yeah, they did them all on their own. Uh, I didn't, I've never even owned a Facebook account because I was getting stretched too thin with YouTube as it was. Um, When I first made my stuff, I didn't even realize that my, and I think it was talked about in the documentary, that my stuff was being spread around by other YouTube channels and Facebook posts and wherever else was, was in the game. Um, because I made my stuff Creative Commons license. Mm-hmm. And so people were just spreading it and and renaming it and kind of, because you never know what's going to resonate with the general public. I mean, some of the biggest videos that came out on my side were, were didn't even have Flat Earth in the title. They were titled, um, They Are Hiding God with the Greatest Lie Ever. They Are Hiding uh, God with His Biggest Lie Ever. Um, Under the Dome, full documentary which I thought was weird because they were playing off the Stephen King television series. And those are getting millions of hits. And yeah, there were people creating Facebook stuff. There's Facebook stuff with my name on them right now. And I don't go after them. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah fine. Go, go nuts. Go crazy. Um, in fact, I encourage trolls. The trolls helped us more than anything. Because in, in um, producers told me this. I learned so much from field producers over the last five years. Where they said, it doesn't matter whether you love a topic or you hate a topic. As long as you're engaged in the topic. You get to, you know, you, in fact, people are drawn to the negative side of things when you're railing against a topic, even more than when you're trying to build it up. I give you a a perfect example of that. Um, There was a celebrity, I'll tell you, I mean, it doesn't really matter now. It's it's been a couple of years. Um, Kelsey Grammer. Uh, was telling me, you know, the actor, he was telling me about uh, the, the how he found about Flat Earth. And I go, really? How, how'd, you, how'd you find about Flat Earth? He goes, he goes, Amy Adams told me about it at the Oscars. And I go, okay, how'd that happen? He goes, she hates it. She hates it so much. And I go, really? And he goes, he goes, yeah. She was, um, uh, she was at this Oscar party and, and all these people were whispering about conspiracies and blah, blah, blah. And she comes in and she goes, you know, you can put all that BS to bed. Let me tell you the crap my father's into. And she goes off in this freaking tirade against flat earth. Well, that goes into the point. It was like people, you want to say something nice about some of these people. Oh yeah. Amy likes it. But once she started doing it, it's like, wow, what does Amy hate that so much? Click, 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 click. And then she, people started getting into it. So Yeah. Sorry, long-winded answer to, yes, people spread all the stuff on their own, and I encouraged it, positive or negative. Uh, the, the, the old saying still applies, which is uh, even, even bad press is free. There's a couple things that were touched upon before in your spiel. The idea behind Flat Earth is that we're not just randomly coasting through the universe with no meaning. And you've talked about that before in other interviews that I've seen. And I found that interesting. And there's a couple of things that we talked about that I feel like they're, they're kind of all waypoints into like a bigger idea that I kind of have. Um, you talked about the auto hoaxing thing. And, you know, I was curious, I, I kind of wonder about this about 
a lot of conspiracy theories, these kind of ideologies, whether it's conspiracy theories or even, you know, whether it's like, as an example, religion and the way that people interpret religion in the Bible, there's a blurred line between, and it's disagreed upon with tons of different people. There's no one, there's no one thing that's agreed upon by everybody, but there's a blurred line between what's literal interpretation and what's figurative interpretation. And, you know, the, the stuff that you talked about with the tenet behind Flat Earth being, you know, this belief that we aren't just like insignificant beings floating meaninglessly through the universe. To me, that sounds very much like somebody sort of emotionally trying to make sense of their place in the universe and organize the sort of disparate aspects of their consciousness to make themselves feel that significance. And oh, yeah, it, it reminds, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, absolutely. In fact, the, the parallels to religion that did not escape me, <laughs> you know, right off the bat, uh, there were people, in fact, the, uh, the Christian community, even before I had finished the first battery of clues, the Christian community was emailing me in mass saying, you have got to address the God issue. Before and which is why uh, I finally made the clue. You know they are hiding God. That, that was straight up pressure from the Christian community. Said you you have to deal with this so we know where you stand. It's like okay, sure, why not? And and you're absolutely right. Um, in fact, at least half, probably maybe leaning towards sixty percent of our community are strong Christians. No question. Um, and the big, in fact, it was really weird because there was a, um, a Christian convention back in 2018. I didn't go cause I'm not Christian enough to attend some of these things. And th when they came out of it, they were, I remember watching a thing on stage and they were all saying, and these were some pretty high profile guys saying that uh, they've never seen uh, a recruiting tool for the church as strong as flat earth. Because it reinforces the whole creation thing. Because if it's if it was, we'll just use the snow globe thing. If it was built, you know, in the snow globe, well, then it was built by someone. It was created by someone, and that's not much of a jump. That is a very very small leap of faith. And I've gotten so many letters over the, over the years saying that people that fell away from the church are now back into it because of the whole flat Earth thing. Even even I can say, you know, my definition of spirituality changed because of flat Earth. Um, now I don't, you know, attend every Sunday or anything like that anymore, but I, but if anything, I respect the, the big five religious houses way more than I used to. I think they all have pieces of the same puzzle. Well, I guess, but yeah, you're absolutely yeah. I mean, and I guess that's interesting because that kind of plays into, I guess what my, I guess what my question is, is on this podcast, we talk a lot about concepts like, you know, chaos magic and people willing things into existence and people organizing their lives in ways using these sort of kayfabe structures to basically focus their emotional energy through sort of like a physical manifestation of an idea. And, you know, like, for instance, you know, Satanism, where, it, you know, it's they don't actually literally believe in Satan. They just it's the, the, their whole thing is basically believing in logic and reason. And their whole idea of worshiping Satan is just kind of like a fake thing that they use to piss people off, more or less. Or like this, like trend that's happened recently where a lot of millennial women have become witches, but they don't actually literally believe in witchcraft it's just sort of it's a structure to format their lives to feel like they're taking control over things that they f don't feel as in control about so i guess my question is how much do you literally believe this is literally true and how much of this is you 
and these people physically manifest oh, yeah, yeah, no, the it, idea it, it, it. of that you are not insignificant, that you have a purpose, that there's some kind of plan for you, that you're not just like flo- a floating meaninglessly through the universe. Got it. And to, to answer that, you gotta, I have to qualify that Flat Earth is very different from any other conspiracy. In fact, it's the only positive conspiracy I know of. Every other conspiracy has got this dark, sinister side to it. You know, just take your pick. There's so many out there. Um, but with Flat Earth, to answer your percentage question, everybody in the community believes over 90% that it's literally real. And the reason is because everybody hates it. Everybody goes into, I, I first chapter of my last book, literally says, there's a qualifier here. It's like, like, you like your life the way it is, don't look at this. Because when you do, you're going to do the same thing that everybody else does. You're going to try to disprove it. You're going to try to, the, the t-shirt literally reads, I became a flat earther because I tried to shoot it down or I tried to disprove it or I tried to debunk it. And the longer you stare at it, and that's a line from a movie too, the longer you stare at it, the worse it gets. The more threads to start to unravel and the whole thing just, just you can't. And in fact, there's a, there's a great line I use, which is, I didn't coin it, I'm sure, which is, um, can I prove to you the flat earth right now? No. Can I create so much reasonable doubt in the globe that you have nowhere left to turn but the flat earth? Yeah, I can. I can do it all, all day long. And, and heavy science people will say, well, that's not enough. Reasonable doubt is enough. I go, yeah, it is. Court of law, every hour of every day, it's enough. And that's how it starts with people. In fact, the, the, the biggest part, the scariest part for, for the scientific community is that because people tear down the, the, I didn't convince you or persuade you, or I just put the seed in your head. You tore down the globe yourself. So even if you wanted to go back to the globe, which is why there's all sorts of matrix comparisons. If you want to go back to the globe, you can't because you tore it down. How are you going to build it back up? It'd be different if I, you know, you know, you're trying to kill my arguments, but if you're the one that convinced yourself that the globe wasn't wasn't good anymore. Then how are you going to go back to it? So yeah, huge, huge percent, no, way over ninety percent. Absolutely, absolutely, literally believe it. Is that hard for you? Like, is it? Have you lost relationships and friendships and like? Is, um, is it? Does, is there a lot of conflict in your life because of this belief? Not with me, not as much because I was always on a different path. I don't know why I, I was I, doing weird things for me. It was like breathing. So, you know, like, like, um, getting kicked out of college for manufacturing explosives on campus, easy playing video games for a living, uh, teaching proprietary software. That's not necessarily great, but games of the flatter stuff that it wasn't, it wasn't that bad for me. I know lots of people though. Marriages have have gotten torn asunder. Um, the big, like the holidays are coming up. Well, it's going to be different this year, but the holidays, we're really bad, you know, for the last five years because people go to Thanksgiving dinner and I say, do whatever you do. And it was in the book. Don't go into your Thanksgiving dinner. It's like, Hey, Bob, what have you been into lately? Well, let me tell you, <laughs> I've been in this flatter thing. And in their head, they absolutely, it's like, you know, the family's going to accept it and everything's going to be fine. And it just goes completely sideways because people don't know what to do. Um, I've got some family members that hate it, some that are on board with it. But it's amazing, which parallels a lot of our community. The majority um, are either in one camp or the other, but they're in the closet about it. They're not going to weigh in publicly. I've got cousins that are absolutely on board, but yeah, we're not going to talk about this. Mostly because of coworkers. Friends and family you can deal with. Coworkers, you got to go to work every day, or at least you used to until this year. So, but yeah, oh, people, people lose people all the time for, for, for this. And it's, it's tough, but at the same time, 
you, it, you develop new friends, new community. I know that sounds cultish, but it's, it's true. You, you develop these new people, and which is why the conferences and the meetups were so much fun. Uh, you know, you go there and you, there was no judgment. It was this huge release for people. And he was like, yeah, you walked into the room and you knew full well no one was going to give you any crap unless they had a camera in their hands. It's interesting because, you know, in the documentary, um, your mom seems, uh, you know, she obviously loves you. She cares about you. And, you know, you're her son. Uh, and it seems like she she kind of humors you, tolerates it and kind of, you know, I mean, I don't know your relationship. I'm just going off what's in the movie. Sure, sure, but sure. It, but in, in the movie, it, it seems like she's kind of... Um, you know, she's not, she, there isn't a, there, it's just kind of like a, oh, that's what Mark's into. And, you know, well, I listen to him because I love him, you know, which is, I mean, I, if, if there was a disagreement like that between my parents and I, I who knows? I, it, those big, big life view things are hard. With it, well, it really varies. There are some, fam- you know, some people, it's almost like, you might as well, it, it's, it's really up there along the la- same lines as, well, let's, we won't go to the real controversial ones, but let's say like religion. It's like going to, you know, your family and saying, oh yeah, by the way, I'm switching from Judaism to um, Islam or something like that. And, and, you know, again, in your head, totally logical. But in, in there's like, what are you thinking? You know, and, and so, yeah, it can get dicey. Um, with my family, like, like with mom, you, people, documentaries, she had to sign the waiver, of course, beforehand. But like my sister, they wanted my sister to be in it, and my brother-in-law and stuff that refused. Said it's like, no, we don't. You know, lots of people just don't want to be on camera. Um, but because they just don't want to, they they're afraid. Social media has changed. You know, they don't want to be in the spotlight. There's some people that that run from it. They don't want to be under the microscope. And it's like, I don't care. Peer pressure, whatever. It's interesting too because I feel like there's. Um in the broader discourse around this topic and also specifically with you, like a lot of times when you're interviewed, um, you have a very avuncular nature. You're very, you know, you're a charming guy. You're, you're very n- nice, affable. You're not like, like you said, you're not one of the, you know, uh, shadows, mustache twirling, like you won't believe what they're hiding. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Somebody exactly. taping this call. Right, exactly. And 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 I think, you know, uh, kind of building off what Andrew said earlier, I think that is a, I think you are probably a well-intentioned person the majority of the time, but I think that also is a kayfabe personality that you use in order to kind of construct a, a, like a crystal cathedral around yourself built off of the fact that white people don't like to have conflict with each other. Like I think there's, in a lot of mainstream interviews, people kind of ask you questions and then you give a reply and that reply nine times out of 10 is not factual, but they don't follow up on it because the way you deliver it is just kind of like, you're not angry. You're not, you know, you, you don't, you're not yelling. You're not like, you don't understand the end is nigh. You're just kind of like, well, you know, this is what it is. We live in a, in a snow globe in outer space and God's watching us and Truman show. And then everyone kind of is like, I think that in our culture right now, there's, there's an expectation that everyone is going to view what you said as a like the, the media idea is that they're going to view the audience is going to view you and be like well this guy's crazy we don't want to have anything to do with him and then they don't actually have conflict with you which then allows this opening for a certain percentage of people who might be inclined to your perspectives right. to have a permission structure to kind of in, for lack of a better term be converted in air quotes um 
it's it all it the the way you described it makes it sound kind of deliberate, but I can assure you it was it's completely uh, accidental isn't the word. It's just the way because I did the whole high stress support thing for as long as I did, no matter how bad the other end of that phone got. I was always, you know, I always had to stay more calm and level-headed. And so when I was always dealing with media, didn't matter who the media was, I treat them all the same way, which is, look, I can't, I couldn't, even if they were attacking, and some did. I mean, nowadays it's tough to get anyone to attack. But even if they were attacking people, in fact, uh, some of my peers would say, why didn't you go after them? It's like, how could I? I go, look, five years ago, I was literally one of them. I was on their side of the fence. And so it would be hypocritical for me to, to yell and, and scream and do all that. How, I, what, what leg do I have to stand on? So as far as, re, you know, using my personality to, to recruit people, it's like, no, I, I don't. I mean, I only have one social media thing and that's YouTube. And the rest of it just, let, let's put it this way. And you may have heard this or may not, depending on how many interviews you listen to. If I ever live long enough, cross my fingers this year, uh, to write an autobiography, it'll literally be called unsolicited. I never had to pick up a phone. That's the weird part. Everything just, I wasn't kidding in the documentary. That part they got right. Again, remember the documentary team hated us by the end. God, they hated us. Um, you didn't see it in the movie, but the, um, everything kind of came along like a, like an amusement park ride and just showed up in my living room. It's like, get on. It's like, okay, just went the way. I mean, the, the people that offered me to, you know, this and that and this and that, I didn't have to do anything. I mean, I literally never had to push anything. It just, it just seemed like it was meant to be. So why fight it? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, it's interesting. We kind of had that same conversation too, where we were deliberating like the moral efficacy of talking to you and giving you a, um, you know, a platform. You know, not that we have a significant platform at all, but you know, it's that it's that idea of of uh, you know part of the reason why Trump has accelerated to the position that he has is due to this same type of you're expecting the audience to know better and what you don't realize is every time this person who has these virulent ignorant beliefs shows up they're collecting x number of people from the bottom of the barrel and then over time that becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and i think that you know, it's it's a complex issue because I, I don't and I don't know that I have a perfect answer. You know, I don't know what the way there, of there is. It, I've got one for you. Um, anytime anybody in the, the media, I mean, you guys included, um, doesn't matter what position you take. If you go, if if you try to take a, a negative thing against it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're exposing people to it. I, I joke and I say every time trolls attack, it's like shooting wooden arrows into a bonfire. Oh, from a distance, there's all sorts of activity and it looks like you're, you're doing stuff, but really all you're doing is feeding the fire. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm not saying you guys are trolls, you're not, but there are, I mean, I wish I had a thousand dedicated trolls on YouTube. I wish I, I mean, oh, I've got some, but I wish they were there all the time and they don't understand. They keep coming. And it's like, look, all you're doing is increasing the metrics. Do you not know how the YouTube algorithms work? And they don't, or they don't care. 
It's like, all right, fine, fine. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, your personal beliefs around coronavirus and stuff, notwithstanding, but specifically the flat earth thing, like on its surface, it's a fairly innocuous belief, right? Like what does it really mean? I mean, it can be used to other things. And like you said, it has deep roots in other communities, but like it gets, I think, you know, I think what you're doing is dangerous and I think it's, it's potentially very harmful, but I think there are other beliefs that operate in a very similar way, like the way that racism is spreading, the way that, you know, literal Nazism is coming back into fashion is, is, I mean, there's we, we some. I mean, yeah. I yeah, mean, but, from but my keep perspective, going, keep going. from my perspective, as a Jewish person whose family came here because of the Nazis, some Nazis is too many fucking Nazis. Ah. So, um, I, I just, I'm, I'm curious what your opinion on that kind of, because you are, <laughs> you know, one of the more moderate, sane, moderately sane, sane seeming people in these communities. Like, I'm curious about your perspective on that issue of like how like do you see that as a negative that this kind of dystopic kind of bubbling up of these ideas just is apparently just going to happen now i had that same i had that same question framed a little differently in that whatever anyone's beliefs on the flatter stuff is disagreements aside what are your thoughts on the way that because, you know, what you just described and what we've been talking about with social media and what we started out with the Facebook groups and things like that, you know, obviously the flat earth movement is not the only thing that has been bolstered and spread by that function. What you're talking about with trolls boosting the metrics and, you know, the more, the, the bigger, the higher engagement rate, the more the video is shown to more people and, you know, the way, the way the algorithms have spread ideas from being fringe, small groups of people, circulating an idea amongst themselves to becoming huge movements across the globe. You know, what 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 are your thoughts on that mechanism um, in general got, and the I've, things that it yeah, is? Yeah, no, I, I got you. I, I've got mixed feelings on that because like there was, um, I don't know, you could maybe you saw it or maybe you didn't um, on Netflix, the uh, the social dilemma, which came out just recently. And I saw it going, I went in completely blind. Nobody, nobody told me anything about it. And in fact, I may have been one of the first people in my community to see it. And I noticed that when they got to the whole fake news thing that they singled us out, uh, which surprised me. But then again, it didn't. Um, as a matter of fact, it's weird because that you asked that because the speech that I'm writing, I haven't even finished it yet, um, for the, the conference next week or this week is called um, uh, Did Flat Earth, Flat Earth Polarize the World? Meaning... I had one of my one of my peers recently or earlier in the year said, "Are we causing some of this that's that's happening out there right now?" You know, the the polarization in all levels. I mean, there's yeah, I mean, you guys have been watching it as much as anybody that's, that's been happening this year. It's all over the place. I've never seen a more polarizing year. And how it's going to end? I mean, people said, you know, what's going to happen in 2021? I said, look, I literally can't see past the first week in November at this point, because I don't know what's going to happen. You know, if, if, if Trump wins, do, do all the Democratic cities burn? And if Biden wins, do all the Democrat, you know, do, do they do a Super Bowl victory thing and the cities still burn? And that's just the beginning of, of everything else that's happening. Um, has social media become so focused like a laser that now everything is polarized? And, you know, if you're not with us, you're against us in just about every aspect that you can think of. I, I, I don't know. I mean, did we have something to do with it? Yeah, possibly. Was it inevitable in our civilization? Maybe. 
I, I don't know. It seems, and I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to do the doom and gloom thing here, but it seems like our civilization, I'm a big believer that every civilization runs its course, you know, that you run for a certain number of thousands of years and then something happens. And then, you know, like a graduating class, you know, you, you move on, another class has to come in. I mean, older civilizations, you know, all over the place, remnants of them. So, and I think the world survives and our civilization transforms into something else. What's going to happen, you know, to ours, I don't know. Does that sort of kind of give you a foggy view of where I was going <laughs> with that? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because I, yeah, I, you know, there's, there's an idea of a utopia, which is obviously this idyllic place where there's no conflict. And then there's a dystopia, there's an idea that is a future that is, you know, oppressive and, you know, the, whatever the negative side of that conflict has won. And then Andrew and I have been talking a lot about this idea uh, that <laughs> that we've jokingly coined uh, Verhoeven's toupee, which is that we now live in a third thing, which is it started as a utopia that then became or a dystopia that became self-aware and started parodying itself. And that's it's it, that's what it feels like. It feels like we are in a super intelligent fucking dystopia where Everything is the maximalist, stupidest version of itself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A parody so of bizarre. a parody. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so fucking weird. I, like, I I agree. And I feel bad because in one sense, because I'm a huge fan of the arts, all forms of the arts, you know, um, pictures, sculptures, um, music, dance and literature. And those engines have been closed. <laughs> basically. And so everyone's, I mean, everybody's on this hyper tense, paranoid is even the word for it. Everybody's just, just on pins and needles and they're, they're on a, on a trigger finger. And I, I don't, I don't know what to make of it. And people are freaking, we got people, I'm living up on a, on a rural Island right now, right up in the middle of nowhere. And there are stores that won't let you in if you wear red, not red with logos, red. <laughs> period. It's like, what? It's like, are you kidding? I mean, I've never voted in my life, so I have, I have no skin in the game, but it's like, it's, and that's just one instance of so many different things that are happening out there. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't even recognize what, what's happening to us now. I mean, the fact that, you know, not that you guys are, are in the sports thing, but when the end, I don't watch NFL, but, but when I saw the NFL add basically a laugh track, you know, the, the, you know, the, the crowd noise, I'm going, what's happening? We, we, I don't recognize this place anymore. So what's going to happen, you know, in the next coming year? I, 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 I'm kind of at a loss in some ways. It's yeah, going to be I mean, interesting I, to watch. It's not going to be boring, that's for sure. Yeah, like the the you know the Apple News feed feature on my phone has now taken to labeling things from the New Yorker as satire because people can't. It literally says satire colon. And then whatever the silly headline is, because it's we live in such a bizarre, fucked up time that it literally it's not even like, you know, there are certain corners of the Internet where these ignorant beliefs are fostered that typically happen because people have a very low understanding of technology or a very, you know, some sort of lack of understanding about some area of expertise. Right. But the fact that everybody now is in a situation where they can't parse reality from satire is 
so bizarre, which got us talking about this idea of Verhoeven's toupee, obviously named after the director Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. And, I don't know, Dave. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe, the, it's, the, maybe it's Goro's toupee. <laughs> yeah, maybe it should be Goro's toupee now. The, the mob, yeah. I mean, I up until this year, the mob didn't scare me because it was like, eh, mob. Pff. Now the mob worries me because the mob can be, like what you guys were saying, I mean, the mob can be created so quickly with so, so few words. I mean, the, the news, that's the one thing that social media has done now, and the, which is you can create, I mean, six billion smartphones in the world. Think of the narrative you can push. And even if just slivers of narratives, you've seen it weave through, you can take so many people with those waves. And I mean, they, they absolutely, you know, like the rumor mills, you know, the, the, the telephone game. I mean, they get morphed and twisted to where they're absolute fact within a day of, you know, of getting from point A to point B and they take people on all sorts of freaking rabbit holes. And I, yeah, it, it worries me in some aspects because of the speed it happens. It's everything that's the one common thread that I've seen over the last five, 10 years is the speed just keeps ramping up faster and faster and faster to where I don't even think the authorities can react quick enough if something bad decided to happen. Really, really bad. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely it. Um, a major concern just on I mean you look at stuff like Pizzagate where it's just like oh yeah now now to be fair and I did a rant on this it, it what happened with Pizzagate and I've never been in fact I the two three interviews ago somebody was really pushing the whole QAnon who was it, it was Wired somebody big they were asking about QAnon they were asking it's like oh what you, what's your opinion on QAnon I'm like I honestly don't think much of them because they, they you know, the, the, the Pizzagate thing just completely fanned out. But to be fair, and I'm not, I don't want to be dark necessarily, but come on, child prostitution exists. We all know that. And we know that rich people, really powerful, evil idiots decide to do horrible things. So is it potentially feasible? Sure. But there's, but there's a big jump between awful people creating a host, you know, the stuffing from the movies hostile <laughs> to, you know, just about every member of public American government and some foreign governments all linked in this web that they're all doing the same thing. And that's the part that, that drove me insane is like, really, you're going to, you're just going to limp link, link up all these public figures and all of a sudden, boom, this underground thing. Yeah. I mean, we've talked a lot about QAnon and I find it very disturbing how, uh, virulent that strain of ignorance is um and and i i i don't really know why anyone would believe that because it's so blatantly just like trolls from fucking 4chan like messing with people and then it gets telephoned out like two or three rings like it's it's so yeah, blatantly and the more vague that. you are it's like for it's like a freaking fortune cookie you know yeah, they, yeah. they they put it you're right they put it out there and then all this takes is one person to make the leap and then it it takes off like a forest fire. Yeah. And yeah, I know the, the QAnon thing. No, I, I don't. Yeah. I have, I'm with you on that one. Do I think that, that QAnon is, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge, you know, deep throat has to be validated at some point. And it's like, yeah, QAnon was basically a newer version of deep throat, but, but nobody, there's nothing, there's nothing behind it. There's no, there's nothing backing it. So no. I'm curious about some of your other opinions on, uh, ask yeah yeah on 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 various conspiracy theories uh moon landing yay nay oh my god no i could i could send you in fact i could probably send it to you in the back channel uh no no the the american there's so many no (laughs) 
Not even, not even close. The American moon landing was fabricated from uh, every space program, fabricated from minute one. The Americans, no, never, ever, ever, ever went to the moon. And again, I could sit, I, we, I could spend an entire episode just covering just photographs and brilliant. Um, but to, to be one real quick one, uh, look at any, any photo from the moon and tell me why the shadows are going in multiple directions. There's only one light source, the sun, 93 million miles away. Uh, JFK, uh, JFK, uh, was he assassinated by a shadowy cabal or was it a lone gunman or? Uh, JFK was JFK killed by a lone gunman who was in turn killed by a lone gunman which is like a, a unicorn being killed by an alien at that point. Um, no, but, but that's one of those um, greater good things for me. Um, I was a big believer, and people don't like when I say it, um, that JFK had to die. And that was, he was a long-term problem. People don't realize, like, when, he was, when was he killed? He was killed in 63. I'm playing this from the government side, which is, okay, what happens in 64? He's reelected. Um, short of Jesus, nobody's going to beat him in 64. He's going from 64 to 68, then Bobby goes 68, 72, 72, 76. At that point, you may have even forgiven Ted by that point because at the bare minimum, you're looking at 16 years of the Kennedys and he's already a pain in the ass. No, nope, sorry. Yeah, he, he was not bucking this. He, he was not bucking the system. He was never going to be doing it for that long. The last president with any power was Eisenhower, period. Everybody else is just a puppet. Next. <laughs> uh, what is your what is your feeling on uh, the whole like David Ike lizard people running the government? Oh, you know, I used that in my clues when I wasn't making a nod to David Ike, but I literally said in the first paragraph of my clues, I said, "I've got friends that are convinced that the royal family is made up of lizard people." And then I come back at him, I say, "Yeah, but what about flat Earth?" They go, "Get the hell out of here!" I was like, "What? How can you how can you justify both those things?" Um, no, no, no. I mean, do I, but to be fair, do I think that there are potentially older species that of, of, um, humanity, humanoid that, uh, survived previous cataclysms in this world? Sure. Sure. Why, why the hell not? I mean, there are sunken cities off of Japan, sunken cities off of, um, India, uh, Puma Punku, the Bosnian pyramids, the real pyramids. Bimini Road. I mean, there's all sorts of potentially older civilizations that were out there. And do I think there were survivors? Yeah. Why not? Now, my only problem with the lizards is, is eventually kind of like Bigfoot, they have to die. And you can't tell me, kind of like vampires, which is why I don't believe in vampires. If a lizard person died somewhere, just a random lizard person, they were found by someone, you can't tell me that you're absolutely seamless and covering all that up. So no, nope, nope, nope. Hey, Credit to David Icke. He's, he's out there doing his thing, but mm, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, I, I'm assuming you're not a big fan of Bigfoot then? No, but the whole cryptozoology thing has always been fascinating to me because science is one of the things that bugs me about science is they never apologize. It's like, it's, it's always a myth until we find one, you know, science. And it's like, no, then it's science. So the giant panda, myth, uh, giant anaconda, the giant squid, which still have never gotten one of the big ones. Um, a billy ape was found in, um, you know, a six foot, um, six foot species of ch chimpanzee found in 2015. Took them that long to find this thing. Why? Because they were really good at hiding from people. They hate people. They just run as fast as they can. So is there possibly another primate, primate out there that's escaping us? Sure. Why the hell not? I'll even throw in one more. Um, I'm a big believer, I coined this one, of the Goliath cobra. I believe there's a species of snake out there that's really big and really fast and really deadly. Every once in a while, an explorer will run into it. It's like, oh, wow, let me get my notebook. That's it. You know, it never gets to report it because it gets killed. 
I mean, living out in the woods in the Pacific Northwest, maybe you are Bigfoot. <laughs> no, but look, I'm not, I'm not going to complete Well, I'll throw one more because you probably wouldn't bring it up. Loch Ness Monster, great example, right? Loch Ness Monster, are there plesiosaurs or some sort of dinosaurs swimming around in the lakes of Loch Ness and Lake Michigan and other places? And you'd say, no. It's like, why not? Well, because they've been dead for at least 100 million years. Okay, then I show you the coelacanth fish. Science hates it. Science hates me bringing up coelacanth fish. Convinced they are absolutely all willing to bet the freaking farm this thing was extinct for at least 70 million years. It's a rather unattractive fish with a bunch of extra, you know, they got the fossil records of this thing. And then one was caught by the British government off of um, South Africa, and then another one off of Madagascar and Mozambique. And then finally, National Geographic starts swimming around with them. The point is, it's like, okay, then I come back and say, are there, is there anything swimming around in Loch Ness? And you say, well, no. And I go, really? Because the fish is right over there. And, you know, just because you couldn't catch it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. There you go. Uh, what are your thoughts on, uh, like, Aliens, Area 51, you know? Uh, the Greys. Well, the Greys, baby! The, the Groom Lake facility, that's not a big secret. I mean, that's a, that's a wonderful military base, and kind of like the, the one in Dulce, New Mexico, and others. Look, we have secret military bases. That's why they're a secret. Not a, not a big shock there. Now, are there aliens there? Are they reverse engineering technology? Uh, two things quick to look at. One would be, you know, people think the, the greatest, um, in fact, we'll keep it short. Um, the greatest UFO sighting of all, you know, they say, was it Roswell, New Mexico? No, it was 1561 Nuremberg, Germany. Plain and simple, a full, you know, granted it was before photographs and radio and everything, 1561, but these two giant armadas and a beautiful April sunny day, not a cloud in the sky, just started hammering on each other for a solid hour and to where, you know, people were eating their schnitz and gluben and toast or whatever and they grabbed the sketch artists and they drew the whole thing out and put it in the newspaper, but they had no scientific reference for it. They thought it was a religious event because there was no science fiction back in 1561. So, been they look for the wood carvings. It's a wonderful wiki entry. People just gloss over it and they say, "Oh no, it was sun dogs." It's like, really, really, sun dogs? No. What else? <laughs> oh, oh, do I think? But do I think again? That goes with the other thing. Do I think aliens exist? Yeah, yeah, I do. But I don't think they're from Mars and Jupiter and Venus and all that. I think they're just older versions of us. Um, there was a British guy I was watching years ago, way before I was in the flat Earth, and he goes, um, he goes, if next time you get a chance. He goes, you want to see some weird stuff? It was just the end of the interview. It caught my attention. He goes, grab some night vision binoculars, start looking up at night. I'm going, Ooh, that sounds like a wager. So I went on Amazon, bought some night vision binoculars, all built by the Russians. Weird. And uh, I started looking up and I was going, wow. Whole, I mean, it's like they live, like, you know, a whole bunch of satellites. You know, you're like, wow. And then they start moving in ways that they shouldn't be moving, a lot of them. And I was watching, I mean, I was on my back in the snow in Colorado watching these things for, God, three or four years until I got into Flat Earth. But, uh, but, I, do, but I think they're older versions of us. Next. Uh. One of the things that I'm a little curious about, oh, that was kind of my just like rough list of the actual oh, okay. conspiracy theories. But the, the thing, one of the things I'm curious about is the way the documentary ends is this kind of, um, uh, we're going to take these people's kind of latent interest in science and the world around them and try and nurture uh, a greater understanding or nurture a, 
a world where these ideas can be talked out in a non-confrontational way. What did you think about that? Talking about the end of uh, Behind the Curve? Behind the Curve, yeah. I, 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 I'm I, just curious what, as, did you feel that that kind of, the end oh, of that thesis? Oh, you mean that, you mean that the, they're trying to open up the dialogue between science, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, by the way, you were the first person to ever, ever focus on that from the documentary. Nobody else caught that. Everybody else focused on the laser thing with Jaron at the end. But you're right. They're just towards the end, they were trying to say that science, you know, can't we all get along? You know, science and you're right. There should be this open dialogue. You're absolutely right. Um, and it would be lovely if that was the case, except that when you are at a certain level of education, especially in the physical sciences, almost without exception, um, a master's degree or higher in any physical science, and if you're just astrophysics, forget it, they won't talk about it. They won't even address it. I could not get the closest I got, and they wouldn't talk about this in the documentary, was there was a physicist out of Georgetown. A German television company calls me up and they said, oh, we got this guy in Georgetown. What we're going to do is we're going to, because physicists um, or scientists in general, once you get up to a certain level, for whatever reason, your vocabulary just starts dropping. You know, you're, you're so tunnel vision that you, you, you're focused on, on your topic, which is fine. And so they didn't want us talking to each other. They want, they say, okay, we'll record your stuff and then we'll play it back to him. And then we'll just pass back and like notes through class, you know, we'll pass back these video things. And he got my first series of questions and he just stopped. He said, it was as, he goes, nope, we're not doing this. And he folded and that was it. And Germans went home angry. Um, but that with that we find that time and time again that was the closest really anyone's ever got i mean yeah we get a couple uh, physicists here and there but usually it's a religious angle we get some um re- uh, physicists that are also um religious and which is kind of a weird mix but um yeah the dialogue that you're talking about that should happen they they won't drop them they think sorry short answer most scientists will they think it's absolutely beneath them to even address it. And, and, and plus, remember, there's only three media physicists out there right now in the media. Neil deGrasse Tyson, far and away, uh, number one. Brian Cox from England. Michio Kaku from Japan. Um, Neil won't debate anybody about anything ever. He's a stage performer. I get it. Bill Cosby and Sinbad and all in one. Great. Um, Brian Cox is too arrogant because he's British. And Michio Kaku just gets angry because <laughs> he thinks you're immediately a conspiracy guy. Well, once you take those three guys out, that's it. Who are you going to talk about on, in any media platform? Um, with the exception of Bill Nye, who is not a scientist. He's, um, he has a bachelor's in mechanical. He's an actor, I know, because he's from Seattle. I used to watch him on local television. He was on a local comedy troupe. Weren't you, weren't you interviewed, though, by Australian TV where they had a NASA scientist who discussed things with you? Yeah, but he wasn't, he wasn't one of the, the top. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Every, every once in a while, you'll get one of those guys, like they'll, they'll put him in as a reference point. But it's very, very short. Very, very, very short. I mean, I have yet, I mean, that segment, you, I'm glad you watched that. Not a lot of people watch that one. Um, that segment was, what, less than 10 minutes? 12 tops? Every once in a while we'll get somebody, but they're usually on stage just to back up the talking heads, you know, the, the Ron Burgundies, if they can help it. <laughs> right, yeah. So in, in your mind, the, the better way f- to foster that would be what? To, a long-form discussion or? Uh, um, 
if anything, just to, it's, it's, again, I don't really have a good answer other than it's like, look, we're not, we're not here to destroy your, your whole, well, probably the bad way to say that. We're not a threat to you personally. So just talk to us. But again, it's so to them, I mean, I've, I've run into them. I mean, to them, it is offensive, uh, especially somebody in the physical sciences that anyone would even begin to. Why not? I, you know, we're talking about flat earth. That is the knee jerk reaction to the whole flat earth thing. It's, it's ridiculous. It's stupid. Why, why would you ever look at something like that and multiply that, you know, amp that up, turn that up to 11 for anyone in the physical sciences. They just won't do it. They just won't talk to us. I mean, not on any, you know, I, and I, I, in fact, the closest, I had a couple serious, one, two, three, at least half a dozen that got a hold of me, but they said they would only talk to me anom- anonymously, which of course probably a bait anyway, because like, how do I know who you are? You know, you say you're blah, blah, blah. And, he, and it's like, you got to give me your name. It's, I don't care if you're on video, you got to at least give me your name. It's like, nope, I won't because they don't want to be that guy in the room. And I've said this on different things. It's like, you don't, the problem with the physicist is you don't want to treat it like a boxing match. You don't want to be, it, because the boxing match, perceptions change. And if you don't knock out Flat Earth in the first round, they're not looking at Flat Earth anymore. They're looking at you. They're looking, it's like, why haven't you knocked him out yet? What's wrong with you? What are you doing wrong? And of course, remember, if you probably have friends in the education academia world, when you get up to a certain level, it's all about being publicized, I'm sorry, published and, you know, being in your peer groups. You don't want to be ostracized for any reason. And, and those groups like, like cliques in high school, they will kick you out in a second. It's like you did a debate on the radio with a flat earther. Yeah, we're not talking to you anymore. And there goes, you know, eight years of your life. Ugh. Do you feel like members of the flat earth community would actually be open to those discussions? Like, do you think that that would go over well if a scientist came into, let's just say, I know you're not on there, but let's just say a Facebook uh, group and a scientist came in there in a non-confrontational way and was like, hey, I'm Joe Squibbitadoo and I'm an astrophysicist and I'm here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm here to answer any of the questions that anybody has. Do you think that that would be received? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we've been begging. Oh, God. I mean, literally for five years. We've been just just begging anybody to to come talk to us about this stuff. The the higher credentials, the better. And it's just so so tough to where you know we've done some dumb things. I admit, you know, you know, stalking astronauts and, and you know trying to confront Neil outside of stages and stuff like that. We've been we've been desperate to trying to you know to to create these dialogues. It's it's just tough 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 to do. Um, again, the, and again, maybe, maybe by design, maybe not, I don't think it's a conspiracy. The la- the sheer lack of scientists in the media, you know, the mainstream media group makes it really, really tough, you know, again, but the, he, Neil, Neil Tyson, you know, we, we, I shouldn't say we pick on him as much, but we, we'd love to talk to him and he just won't do it. The closest we got there was, um, Joe Rogan set up a thing where he, you know, he got Neil to say, oh yeah, I'll do a debate and we'll do it in like three weeks. Debate, not with me, with a guy out of uh, Thailand named Eric Dubay. And uh, of course, you know, he fell through it because Neil's like, nah, nah, nah. He just said he was going to do it because he didn't want to look bad on, on TV with Joe. It's interesting. I, I don't know that I fully believe that. I feel like the, I feel like the, the, the argument that you're presenting again of like, we're totally open to having these conversations and we definitely want experts again, is that same permission structure that we were mentioning earlier of like presenting the idea as non-threatening 
using the fact that you're very affable and a nice guy. I mean, I can vouch right now. Like, I don't have any hard feelings towards you. I, I would hang out with you. We could. I'm a comic book guy. You're a comic book guy. In the documentary, there's a poster of Alex Ross's Kingdom Come above your computer. Oh, my God. You I, you were the first one. You. By the way, thank you, by the way. I'm really surprised Alex Ross did not, did not email <laughs> me or shoot me a thing. Nobody else caught. I've got framed. I got one right there. Alex Ross. I, I was a huge, huge Alex Ross fan. And so, um, but sorry, yeah, sorry, to, to your point, for, no, it's not just me, and, but, 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 that, but that is more of the point, isn't it? If they won't even come to me, then wh- what else do I have to do? I mean, I am, I am as consistent as anybody. I am nice. I am, you know, you know, again, affable. It's like, look, talk to me. I'm easy to talk to. If you don't want to talk about this, let's talk about this. I'll talk about anything. And if they won't talk to me, yeah, then it's it's a tough sell. I've I've done everything I can at this point. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I I don't I don't buy that. Um, I what the science won't talk to us? Yeah, no. I, there's plenty of opportunities for that to have happened, and I've seen videos where that happens. And I think a lot of members of your community, the their identities are wrapped around this idea of the Earth is flat, and that um, that the separation of those two would be too painful in that way honestly i think the way the, the way that the like arc of this uh community movement whatever you want to call it is 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 probably fatigue like i think it's probably people if it does you know maybe you guys will reshape the world and maybe in in 15 years i'll be trying to come onto your podcast to <laughs> to be the crazy conspiracy theorist about how the earth is round and i'm like mark do me a solid man i've got to promote this new thing i'm doing or what i don't know whatever like maybe maybe you guys will win and and i'll be the the crazy person like the you know the I, I don't, twilight zone way, episode i don't think it's a, a winning or losing thing and and again yes of course for a lot of people in the community there is a you know is a feeling of not necessarily just belonging but yeah there is a sense of purpose what what andrew was saying earlier where you know especially in the religious side remember if half the community is is, is christian then yes it's like yeah, oh my god you mean this world was wasn't an accident it was was built for me sure but at the same time they can't believe the one without the other there is no you know there is no separating the two I mean, again, I mean, I, the, so many of the, uh, most of the experiments, in fact, none of the clues, I had any experiments to do whatsoever. There's, there's, you go through the clues, there's no math. It's all, it's all connect the dots. It was everybody else in the community. It's like, check this out. Look at this. Talk to this guy. And it's like, holy smokes, I never would have thought about all this stuff. Well, you know, I, I think, I mean, it's interesting that you're, the, the way that you're talking about this, because, you know, I, I feel like there's a potentially different perspective on the things that you're going through right now. Um, I, I, I take a slightly different viewpoint on this than Dave. I don't, I don't think that it's necessarily impossible that you could get somebody in the science community to talk to you, but I actually, just listening to what you're saying and, and you know, from looking around, I actually, I actually do think there's probably validity to the idea of the academic elitism of the scientific community of essentially not wanting to validate the the flat earth movement with you know by by having these discussions and they and, yeah, and they, I don't they, I don't know what I don't know what I necessarily think about that I don't know if that's the right thing if 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 them refusing to validate is the right thing or if it is an academic elitism that is just furthering this cycle but either way it's interesting to me because an alternate read of the situation from what you're saying is don't you feel like there's a possibility that because of that very fact because of the fact that nobody will talk to you nobody will 
interact with these ideas that you're basically being allowed to operate in a vacuum where none of these things are being challenged. Like at the yeah. end, at the end, yeah. of the, at the end only, of the day, you could. At the end of the day, if it was possible, if somebody wanted to go out of their way to do this, somebody could just put you into a spaceship and go to space and like just prove it once and for all. But nobody's going to do that because the idea is absurd and they would never spend well, the yeah, amount of why money. Why would you to- put a flat earther into space? Uh, although that has been suggested countless thousands of times in the comment section. It's like, put but I don't, into space. but it won't ever happen because the, it, it would be expensive. And like I said before, I, I feel like nobody would want to validate the, no, the, no, they the, the idea um, by they, doing it. They don't. Yeah. They don't want to lower themselves to, to, because again, it's, it is. I've heard the word. I mean, it, it's offensive to them. It's like, what are you talking about? I have, I don't know if I'd call it academic elitism other than, I mean, I suppose it's the only definition there is that once you get up to a certain level, it's like, we mean flat earth. The thing that was, you know, de- debunked to me when I was in grade school, why would I ever talk about, talk about that? But at the same time, the, you know, putting the whole putting me in space thing. Oh no, I had to discount that a long time ago. Uh, I've had to come up with other things, which may have been one of your questions, which is, is there anything you probably would have heard this in interviews? Is there anything that can be done to, to prove to me? you know, can shoot me down. It's like, is anything you can change your mind so I can go back to my normal life? And I'd like to preface that with like, yeah, I'd love for some, someone to, to do that I, because I didn't want to do this. Nobody did. Nobody, well, I didn't want to do Flat Earth. I wasn't kidding in the documentary. That part was true. Absolutely did not want to do Flat Earth. I, I, there are days I do not, you know, I don't like, you know, I can't even read the comment section for the, for the most part because it's just, oh God, there's so many terrible things. But at the same time, could could something be done to prove it to me? Yeah. Yeah, I could, but it hasn't. And I've given people some really, really bare bones, cheap options to do it. Do you think that if you, because we see this a lot, a couple months ago, like literally the dude who like started QAnon came out and admitted it and was like, I started this. It's being run by this pig farmer in the Philippines now. And inev- it wasn't for 4chan? Inevitably, no, it was like the... 8 4chan spun off into 8chan but then the guy who spun off 8chan decided that it got too big for its own good and he decided to shut it down but the co-owner the guy that was hosting it because they couldn't get any American server to host it so this this server in the Philippines was hosting it and they had to have this guy in the Philippines to sort of like validate residency there so he in effect he kind of co-owned this new version of of 8 Chan, and then whenever the guy decided he wanted to shut it down, the other guy was like, "Well, I'm going to keep running it." So now it's owned by this guy in the Philippines who lives on a pig farm, and his dad's like a pig farmer. And this guy basically came out and was like, "This I I created this whole thing, and it was taken over by this group of people who all just they just make up stuff and post it." And you know, this is a whole other topic for another episode. But when he did that, inevitably, obviously, people didn't go, "Oh." Never mind then. They just said like this guy's lying. So to that effect, if somebody was like, get into my spaceship and they flew you up into space and I'm and just hypothetically and they showed you and they proved that it was round and then you came back down and you were like, I was wrong. We were wrong. I, oh, yeah. Would, would, quit tomorrow. Would, would you? But but that, that. Yeah. But what I'm asking is in the flat earth community, do you think that they would listen to you or do you think that you would become an enemy? Do you think that they would say somebody got to you, you, you've, be, you've it, they took you I up? I don't and- know. I don't know the percentage, but yeah, you're right. Because there would be some people that 
would discount it. However, uh, given how I can explain things and boil it down, I think I could get most of them to, to believe it again, if it was true. Um, but the, you know, the only way they'd send me up there was with a government type thing. And, and I'm pretty sure the waivers wouldn't be fun to read. Um, but yeah, I, but yeah, there would be some people that wouldn't, that wouldn't buy it and call me an enemy. Depends, depends again, so much of it comes down to the rumor mill. I mean, if I came down and it's like, look, here's it, you know, here, here's my video doing what evidence I had, right? And here's my video, here's my people I was with. Here's the, the whole mission, blah, 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 the telemetry, blah, blah, blah. Um, if, but all it takes is one person to, to say, oh, no, I have this document. I mean, I had rumors. I'm not kidding you. I had rumors literally start. We didn't talk about this. Well, I was talking about it a little bit in the documentary where there were guys that, that my, some of my rivals, because there's rivals in Flat Earth, that said I was a government agent. And swore up and down. I mean, back in 2015, and those rumors are still dogging me to today. You know, they were they were made by people. That all they had to do was put the rumor out there. And again, you know, the saying goes: if you repeat it enough times, you will get people to uh, to go along with it. And I still get people that comment that call me shill, and people that don't even know what the definition of the word shill is, and they swear, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's uh, it would be it. It, it's a it's a hit and miss thing. Depends how it was presented. I'm uh I'm a little curious about your your everyday life. You know your everyday kind of like. Do you make a living off of your speaking engagements and touring? Do you have a job? Like what is what is I, what is the everyday routine of Mark Sargent? <laughs> well, okay. Before well before 2020, let's do it before 2020. Right. Just, yeah. yeah. This year, just all bets are freaking off. Um. When I got into this back in 2015, I was um, I was in between startup companies, so I had time on my hands, and I had some money from some real estate things that I had done. But yeah, the the money started coming in, but it was it was it was just enough to get by. It was weird. It was like you know, not to use a comparison, like manna from heaven type of thing. But I was getting you know, like a book publisher from London called me up and said, "Oh, can we turn your clues into book? Okay, what do I have to do? Um, hey, can we do a radio show thing? Okay, sure." And then um, it, that that's, but yeah, the day-to-day life, making videos on a regular basis, watching videos, um, talking to people, answering emails, uh, and then traveling. Last year, again, traveled way more than I thought I was going to, of doing public speaking things. Some were paid, some weren't. I'll do a public speaking thing if I get my hotel and, and airfare paid for. I didn't care. I mean, it just seemed like the thing to do. If it seemed like a, a cool conference, sure. Why the hell not? Um, the did I did one in um, Stockholm, Sweden. It wasn't even a flat earth conference. They had me open just to throw a wrinkle into it. I go, why am I here? When I got there, it's like, it's like, oh, we want to mix things up a bit. Shake them up like in the first hour. I go, okay, let's do this. You mean like it was like, like, a, like a Macworld conference? And then you're it just out there being the, like, um, you, you live in a snow globe. And then I'm like, <laughs> and now check out the printer that we're going to. No, no, it was a, um, it was the, oh, it was the, oh, what was it called? The something festival in Stockholm. Uh, crap. The, I could look it up real fast. I, I, it was a one word thing, the something festival. Anyway, but it, no, it was like a forward thinking, yeah, technology festival. Right. Oh, I've seen a, that. In, I've seen that interview, and it's where the the guy you were talking to had a goatee, and you had yeah. the you had, yeah, yeah. I've seen that interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They were, yeah. In fact, that was even weirder. 
we were the only two Americans, right? So they bring in, um, he, he was a, um, a journalist and they brought him on to talk to me on stage because they didn't, initially they were going to let me just go solo. I thought, you know, we better buffer this a bit. So they brought him on and um, uh, when we did that, I'm sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. So I was paid a little bit for that one, but it was like, oh hell, you're flying into me into Stockholm? Sure, why the hell? I've never been to Stockholm. Um, I got to go to places that I never would have gone before. So yes, it does make, well, at least before this year, it does make a, a living, but at the same time, I wasn't in it for the money. It was, it was just, I was just in it to see where it was going to take me. I mean, if, if there was money involved, sure, great, why not? I mean, I told people, I mean, there were producers swimming around for years, and of course, everything just collapsed in 2020, but um they, I, I told everyone, I said, look, I go, whatever contract shows up at my desk first, I'm signing. I go, as long as you don't make Flat Earth look ridiculous. Uh, in fact, the only thing, I did turn down one, um, The Amazing Race, that, you know, the silly- They wanted COVID. you to be on The Amazing Race? They were going to do an all-internet, all-podcast Amazing Race with nothing but heart, you know, like PewDiePie and Shane and guys like that. And they called me up and they said, okay, you know, can we do a team thing? And I said, um, I said, I'll do it, but I, I, but I, I didn't know. I'd never watched an actual season of The Amazing Race, so I watched like the entire uh, season 31 or something like that because they said, well, it's a good season. I watched it. I was going, really? I go, fine. I go, well, I don't want to get knocked out in the first two rounds. I go, because it's all staged, right? You know, there's no, there, you watch the show and you realize through the editing, it's like, oh my God, there's no competition here. Um, and I said, I go, you're not going to you're not going to kill flat earth in the first two rounds. And they were still going to do it, but they didn't want to use me because they thought I was confrontational. I was like, okay. Cause I compared it to a professional wrestling. I probably shouldn't have. And, but the thing was they, the, the first line when they, when they talked to me was, can you, people don't know this about, about shows like that. They go, they go, can you go for an entire month without using the internet? I go, what do you mean? They go, well, we shoot this whole thing and we don't want anyone showing up at the sets and, you know, the remote locations, no phones, no internet, no emails, no nothing. You are in total blackout mode. You get television and television only. And I go, I go, well, I'm can be fine because I'm older. But I go, you're going to, you're going to ask Shane Dawson and <laughs> PewDiePie to go off the internet for a month. Are you insane? I go, these guys make a lot of money. I go, they're going to ask for compensation. They go, yeah, we're not going to pay a compensation. Go, good luck, and that that whole season just collapsed. They they couldn't they couldn't do it anyway. Were, sorry, were, was it, were you going to be a solo contestant or was it going to be no no? It was going to be me and um, a member of my choosing. And the, in the end, it was going. It, it was funny. Was I chose? I go. I go. The guy that was built for game shows was the guy in the documentary, Nathan Thompson, the the guy that like did golf balls and his hammer and did like mental gym. Oh my god. He's built for a freaking game show. It's going, he just crushed this show. And um, I said, he's the guy. And so they went with him and uh, Matt Long, who you didn't, you didn't probably see, uh, just big jock tennis guy, ex semi pro tennis guy. And the, those are the two guys. And they, yeah, we were going to have a flat earth team. So, I mean, if you got to pick the person, Mark, why didn't you pick Patricia Steele? Patricia, oh, Patricia Steele. And by the way, thank you, by the way, for saying Patricia Steele because. That's the name she should have gone with. Oh, you wait, know, what is, well, oh, shit, I, I said her name, her, her last oh, name. No, right? no, it's fine. Her, her name should be Patricia Steele, but it's actually Patricia Steer. Oh, my bad, my bad, my no, bad. No, 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 it's fine. No, everybody, I know it's like, look, Steele's a better name. Patricia Steele, it's a great name. No, okay, the reason why you don't go, no, I, I unfortunately had to tell, I go, they asked about Patricia and I go, 
because they wanted a girl initially. And there was only one girl in the documentary. That was her. And I go, well, you can't use her. And, and they go, why? I go, because she's not really built to do things. She's built really to stand <laughs> and read things. And it's, no, I mean, seriously, she wilts like a freaking flower. We did, we did a National Geographic thing down in um, Southern California. Down in, and then, Granny was getting up around 90 or so. And she was just standing. She wasn't even doing anything. She was just standing. And she only made it a couple hours. <laughs> and then she basically had to go to the car and crank up. She burned like half a tank of gas on air conditioning. Sat in the car. And then they finally said, Yo, okay, just go home. Go back to the hotel. So they sent her back to the hotel and we continued on. No, no, she couldn't. No, she has no... <laughs> How did you how did you feel about the way that they the documentary depicted your relationship with her? It was it was fine. I mean, they needed they needed I knew what they were going for. I mean, they they hit all the right notes when they were when they were doing it. It's like, "Oh, we got to do some sort of romance intrigue." I mean, you'd be amazed when I would go do things in meetups and public speaking things when I'd say, "Okay, questions from the audience." Out of the first 5 questions, one of them was going to be about her. Guaranteed. It's like so what happened with Patricia? It's like, oh God, no, it's fine. It was fine. Patricia and I were, um, we're fine, but it was never going to, we were completely different people. It was a weird relationship to, to begin with. And, uh, was it well, an official, did you guys actually date? Was it a, an official relationship? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She flew up to Seattle and she was thinking of buying a house. She's got money. And uh, was the whole nine yards. We kept a secret for like a whole year because for her, public impression was a big, big thing. And then we got in a fight down in um, Denver at the conference, the one, two, third conference. Third conference? Yeah, third conference. Because um, uh, Logan Paul, you know who that guy is? <laughs> oh my God, did, did Logan Paul steal her from you? <laughs> no, 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 oh, no. Oh God, that would no, have no, been no. the icing on the cake. No, good Lord, no, no. She's got more clout. Plus, she's she's twice his age. Hey, man, love knows no bounds, baby. <laughs> I suppose, but, but you no. Know, what happened was he. What we had this mystery celebrity guest that was going to be at the conference, and the promoter Robbie Davidson was told absolutely do not tell anybody until we tell you it's okay, and we'll do some promotions. Blah blah blah. And then I we didn't know. We were all guessing, and we we're you know we were guessing like Will Smith. We're guessing all these high level people. And then somebody comes to me 12 hours before the conference starts, like that night, and says, um, oh, yeah, by the way, it's Logan Paul. And most of the people in our community are older than, you know, he was like 23 or 22 at the time. And didn't know even know who the hell he was. I knew who he was. I did enough internet research. It's like, I'm going to can't be him. Freaking can't be him. I go, why? I go, he's a freaking troll. He's an internet troll. All he does is troll people. I go, he's only here to trolls. No, he's totally legit. He's totally, I'm going, no, no, he's not. No, and 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 just like, oh yeah. By the way, he's going to be on stage just before you, Mark. I'm just going, <laughs> the hell he is. And I said, I, that was it. I left. I got in a plane and I left without telling anybody. And Patricia kind of got bent out of shape because you know she does the award show and I was the co-host for the award show, and so she got really really mad about that. Was this a flat Earth award show? Oh yeah, it's four years what, running now. What are they? What are they called? The Flatties? The yeah, Earthies? That's exactly what they're called. The they're flatties. called the Flatties. Yeah, the Flatties. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah for all sorts of stuff um you know best video editing best blah 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 content junior awards you name it the whole nine yards what is and, a junior flatty is it like something you give a kid of like yeah yeah under under 18 
Yeah. For for what? Like for like uh, I made a video and I'm 19 or 16 or whatever and like yeah. the earth is flat and then you get nominated for a flatty? Well, I mean it's got to be a decent video, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Has a TikTok and video ever won a flatty? It who? Has a TikTok video ever won a flatty? No, no because I I'll be perfectly honest, I didn't even know what TikTok was until this year. So, I was completely off the radar. That was off the radar for me. Um, but anyway, so no, Patricia, Patricia and I are, are fine, but we had our, our falling out stuff. And so, it, but the, the again, watching the, you know, we, in fact, we watched the premiere together up in um, uh, Toronto at the film festival. And, you know, they painted her in a soft light. I was really happy for her because they, they let her off the hook. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't torture her the way they did like other people. They didn't take stings at her the, the way they could have with um, the other people, which was fine. So, but anyway, no, no, Patricia could never be on the amazing race. Never, 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 never. Sorry, Patricia, if you're listening, <laughs> but she knows this. I mean, you watch the amazing race, like even if it's staged, you still have to run and do a few, you know, you've got to go through quite a few gyrations whatever yeah. yeah 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 and it's not it's not exactly easy i mean i wouldn't even be a big fan of it so man uh i i feel like i need to restate this question for the sake of semantics so going going back to the idea of the kayfabe of it and this idea of the flat earth movement as this sort of emotional structure for finding significance in the universe you've talked about things you know both in this interview as well as interviews that I've seen with you and you know whether it's you talking about that idea of using it to find significance or uncovering the secret that we aren't just meaningless nothings floating through the universe here and there you say you say these things that almost slightly start to at least in my interpretation they slightly start to dog whistle at your self-awareness of certain things that you're doing and certain tactics that you're using um, I, in one interview, you talked about the reason why people, uh, I think it was that interview that was in Germany, the, the, where you talked about the reason why people gravitate to flat earth. And, and you talked about this idea that the reason why people gravitate towards it is because it's easy to believe in this. It's easier to believe oh, in yeah, this yeah, yeah. than it is to yeah. believe in other things. And yeah, the, the, that's a great point, which is Pete, we have created a model of the universe, which is easier to explain than the solar system model but way easier but and, that sounds and, and, that sounds so at least to me listening to that like right now that sounds so self-aware that you realize that you, you have built this following based on this sort of manipulative omission of information you you're you're willing you're willingly offering up that the reason why people resonate with this is because it's easier to understand and what you said earlier, where you basically said that the reason why you got into this and the reason why you went so far down this rabbit hole was not necessarily because of money or whatever, but was because you wanted to see how far it goes. And all of these things to me, I mean, at least, for, like I said, from my interpretation, they all, these all sound like pseudo self-aware admissions of the fact that this whole thing is just like you just it's just almost this like existential improv game that you're playing so i guess to to restate my question from earlier but make it more pointed before i asked you how what percentage do flat earthers believe that this is literally true and how much of it is this sort of like chaos magic emotional belief structure uh, that helps them focus their energy into something to give back energy to them but i will restate that question and say 
Because you kind of, you said 90%, but you said believers believe 90%. I almost feel like maybe that was a little bit of a dodge. How much do you literally believe this is true versus it's a thing? It's like I said, it's like almost this, this existential improv game you're playing where you're just seeing where it goes and allowing it to serve as this structure for yeah, yeah, yeah. helping oh, you focus no, your, for me, your... For me, over 90%, but it wasn't that way in the beginning. And I've said this on... I don't know how many interviews. When I first made the clues, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. When I put my, you know, I put my name and my phone number and my bank accounts and uh, everything online, you know, I did everything you weren't supposed to do. And I said, okay, I can't solve this riddle anymore, which is the globe. I think it's flat. Come at me. And I was, I, you know, sitting in my condo in, in Boulder, Colorado, <laughs> with some wine and some popcorn saying, okay. Let's see what happens. And I really expect I really expected some academic to to call me up and say, you know, okay, here's where you went wrong. You forgot to carry the two and it's over here and you can go back to your life now. And they didn't. And so for the first six months, uh, the percentage just kept going up and up and up because the people that were calling me were, especially the subject matter experts, were blowing my mind because they were throwing me ideas that I'd never even thought about. And they, they all kept saying the same thing, whether they were engineers or pilots or all branches of the military, all those guys, and saying, it's not crazy. Here's why. Take this little chunk of information and go with it. So by the, by the end of 2015, I was absolutely all in. In fact, even before the end of 2015. Um, because because I couldn't go the other way. There was nothing. There was nothing to go back to. Again, sort of like the Matrix or the rabbit hole you can never climb out of. Once once you get into it, the once you, there again, first paragraph of the book. I go, you know, stop reading if you you know if you don't want to go very far because there is a there is a tipping point. And once you get past that, you cannot backpedal from it. And that's where I was. Now, can I be can I be shot out of the water and disproven by something down the road? Maybe that exists. You're sure. Why not? But until that happens, I'm absolutely all in. Um, Rob Skiba, one of our guys, uh, like a, he's a, a Christian Bible literalist. He was fond of saying that he was 98% confirmed, but that was only because he was holding 2% out just in case he was wrong. You know, that way he could, then he always, and he put in his presentations, he blamed me, you know, April 15th, 2015, the day Mark Sargent ruined my life. And he would use that, you know, it kind of like an excuse, but people saying, oh, you know, you're all in. No, I mean, I'm the same. I followed the same path that everybody else in the community did, which is they went down, they tried to, they tried to destroy flat earth. Everybody tries to destroy it. Nobody. I mean, the, yeah, the quickest person I ever saw flip from, you know, from the globe to flat, she was a woman in California. She was an Uber driver and she flipped in 20 minutes. Some, some woman that got, that drove one of our people to a, um, to a meetup. Most people take a couple weeks. Some people take longer. I mean, I took nine months, but by the time I got there, yeah. Yeah. How, how could you not? I mean, you're not going to commit money and resources to something that isn't an official religion unless you actually buy into it. And that's what everyone's doing. I mean, people are driving like to the conference, the first one you saw in the documentary, people were driving hours. Everyone on the East coast, most of them drove for some reason you know, to this conference, you know, you don't do that unless you're, you're buying into it. Otherwise it's just some fun little club, but you know, the people that I'm going to be seeing here this week, these are people that I've been seeing for the last, a lot of them have been seeing for the last five years. I mean, they are diehards, absolute diehards. And why wouldn't they be, you know, they've traveled to other countries to do experiments. They've, you know, done lectures and different things. They've done tons of mainstream in, me, media interviews. Nobody's faltered. 
Not a single one. You would expect there's some chinks in the armor. I haven't seen them. Are you not able to sort of academically correlate the two sort of established pieces of information that we've discussed? The one being this sort of romantic idea of you putting out your information on the internet and kicking back and then nobody disproving you with this other thing we've talked about that the academics are, they just refuse to talk to you for whatever reason that is up for conjecture. And we've talked about like, are yeah, yeah, but this, this idea that you, like I said before, that you might just, you know, this, this, the reason why nobody has disproven you is because you're sort of operating in this self insulated vacuum where these people won't talk to you. The people who will talk to you aren't necessarily equipped to disprove you. Like, I, I'm not. I'm I, and not not because like I, like even that NASA guy in that interview that you that you did on right, Australian right, right. TV. Like, yeah, he worked at NASA, but I don't think anybody in this world wakes up in the morning and is like, today I'm going to have to disprove the idea that the Earth is flat. So I better come right. with my data. Like, I don't think anybody is ever doing that. And no, no. And and you're right. There there is a vacuum side to it, and people have called it an echo chamber many times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not our fault. I mean, there's nothing, again, there's nothing else I can do to, to drag people into our arena. <laughs> but at the same time, we, we will even do kind of mock things against each other, you know, or, or we'll pick the best trolls we can find, you know, people that are somewhat articulate and see what they can do, see what arguments. The thing is, kind of like with me, I wasn't even going to put the clues out there unless I was pretty sure I could answer every follow-up question that was around it. I, I was that nervous about doing it. You know, meaning I is like, okay, what about this? What about this? What about this? And I tried to use the you know, scientific method and come, you know, come all the way full circle. So when I've made the first clue, it's like, kind of like when you, you take a, um, a test in school and you're pretty sure you aced it, pretty sure, but you're not 100% sure. You're sitting down and it's like, oh, you don't want to put the paper on the desk. That's kind of like what, what I did. So again, I, there are certain scientists, you know, physicists could come back and try certain things, but we've already been delving into their books anyway. So we're pretty sure we know what they're going to say if they even came at us, which even reinforces us more. So I don't want to tell you, it's, it's a weird situation, which I've never seen with any other conspiracy. It just keeps feeding. It's a, it's a feedback loop that doesn't seem to want to quit. Well, in uh, in a somewhat closing kind of off ramp, I'm I'm curious if we can talk comics for a minute. Um, sure. What do you want to know? I'm curious. Just uh, I guess you know, obviously in the documentary you had the poster of Alex Ross, the Kingdom Come splash page. I'm curious, what do you read comics? Uh, like, are you a Wednesday warrior? Do you read them casually? Do you like like is Alex Ross your favorite artist? Like, what? I'm yeah, I'm just curious. Okay, so. When I, in fact, I've got my, you know, I've got my books over there. I don't think this thing will reach. So I owned, oh God, how do you even go into this? Uh, I started up a comic book shop in Washington way back in the late. Wait, you, you owned a comic book store? Yeah, it was called Digital, Digital Justice. It wasn't my name. It was my right hand man's name. Based- <laughs> We've been talking for two hours. I've seen so many interviews with you. And you, Mark, what? You owned a comic book store? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Mark, was, why was, don't you talk about this all the time? Why? Well, actually, you know what? Never mind. Don't talk about it ever, except for here. Okay. Because okay. honestly, so, I don't want that to I owned, be a stereotype associated with comic readers. I owned, still, I owned a comic book store called Digital Justice. Um, it was initially going to be, but I was always, always a huge comic book fan, but comic books didn't really get interesting. I was so lucky, you know, I, I went in the 80s, like when, you know, Dark Knight Returns first came out, you know, Frank Miller, huge Frank Miller fan. Um, huge uh i Sinkevich, yeah 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 still um uh daredevil frank miller when he did daredevil uh, i should look at the books on the shelf um i loved i loved the artwork but then when when alex ross came out when he did um marvels and then of course kingdom come just blew my mind um uh, you know i've got i've got Everything on my, my shelf right now, I boiled down to the best graphic novels that I wouldn't mind reading again on a regular basis. So, I mean, yeah, I like some stories, but I like the best of the stories. You know, I, I, I love the fact that when I was a kid in the 70s, when, again, when Frank Miller did Daredevil, that it eventually became a graphic novel in the 80s. You know, I loved it, you know, when they, when they said, okay, this is the stuff, you know, to put together. Um, but then... Uh, let me throw out some other stuff real fast. I, I remember I was in a rut because I pretty much run out of stuff to, to read. And I'd read some fringe stuff. I was like, yeah. But, but then I called up my friend who was a huge comic book geek. And he goes, you want to look into some stuff? He goes, it'll take you down a whole other road. He goes, let's start looking into Stormwatch. And I go, really? Stormwatch? So I, you know, where superheroes gone wrong. You know, the boys, come on. The boys doesn't even hold a candle to what um, uh, Warren Ellis, what, whatever Warren Ellis would write. It was like, I, I didn't care. And then when it got into the peak for me hit when, um, when he did, um, and I've got, the, I've got the absolute collections over there, um, absolute, well, planetary and the authority. When those came out, that was it for me. It was like, that was, that was the, the, the top of the mountain because uh, I was like, holy smokes. This is what superheroes, because I never, I never got into, which is why the boys was just so, I mean, it's like, oh, about time you got around to this. It's like super, people understand that, you know, people are corrupted by power and superheroes are not going to punch the bad guys and let them live and do good things. It's like truth, justice, the American way. No, none of that stuff. The, one of my favorite things was, you know, the, um, you probably saw when they, they were talking about the four. You know, the fact that if something I joked about, I shouldn't joke, but I was, when I was talking about gods in general, um, you know, your, your major religions, it's like, look, you got to remember the first God that shows up wins, right? Which was what the, the whole um, planetary thing was. When the Fantastic Four, which I think was a funny choice, Fantastic Shore shows up first, right? And then he said, you know what? Any other superhero shows up, they're dead, <laughs> We'll kill them and we'll steal their powers and we'll exploit the whole world. We'll basically run the world behind the scenes. Loved the entire concept because it was real. It was, you know, it was the, the whole, you know, but the, the parodies inside I thought was great. Um, trying to think of other books that are on the shelf. Just, I, I was a big fan of little isolated, like um, graphic novels. Like I'm thinking of like one that's on the shelf, like a uh, Wonder Woman, a League of One. That was a great one-off thing that wasn't in the, you know, wasn't, wasn't in the, in the, soft cover versions um but anything that alex ross did anything that he did now i granted he got paid a lot for covers you know he, he was paid to do covers and then did nothing on the inside uh astro city did all the astro cities um hang on what is hang on say that grabbing just just a crap some stuff off my shelf okay you ready yeah 
So, and forgive me because of the dust jackets. I'm not a big fan of dust jackets. So, uh, Batman Arkham Asylum. Yep. Yeah. Old well, Dirty uh, Grant Morrison and, yep, and yep, uh, Grant Dave Morrison. McKean. Um, the complete Frank Miller back Batman that goes. Oh yeah. Back to you know. Yeah. Which that that pr- that print run actually is actually pretty pricey. I think that that specific hardcover is worth a little little chunk of change. You know, I I hope it is because not only I have two of them, right? Yeah. I have this one, right, which is just yeah. a normal one, but you're gonna like this. And you're the first person I've I've showed this to. Ready? This one is upside down. <laughs> what? They like they act they fucked up printing it. Yeah, they, it, they it got spe- bound upside down. The whole thing is bound upside down, so you have to read it like this. <laughs> I never told anybody. And in fact, is this one signed, or is the other one signed by Frank Miller? I can't remember. Uh, let's see. I know. I'm t- I'm when did did you get it? Did you get it signed, or what? Did it? Did you just pick it up secondhand signed? Oh uh, no! I, you know, I took you no know, that one. I got. Sign. It was pre-signed. No, I went down to freaking Comic Con because I knew Frank Miller was going to be there that year, mm. 2004. And then he didn't show up to a particular group, and that's like, damn it. Uh, mm. Here's here's Wonder Woman: A League of One. Which mm-hmm. That was great. Mm-hmm. And then you know, every once in a while, I'd, I'd be like, like Alien, Predator, Deadliest of the Species. I oh yeah, that yeah. was. I thought that mm-hmm. was a cool one. Um, let's see. Oh, here's you know, even before, like here's here's your boys right here. Ready? JLA Earth Two, yeah, that yeah. Uh, that Frank Quitely stuff is great in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah, these they just mess with you. There's Homelander right there. Yeah. Um, two more. Uh, Electro Assassin. Great, great. Yep. Love yep. Electro Assassin. And yeah. then one which I've been kind of referencing recently because everything's been going on, uh, which is um, Frank Miller. Give me liberty. Oh man, that especially that first volume, oh, that yeah. first like four issues is just amazing. A lot of people are like upset or you know sad about Dave Gibbons's kind of quality of work that dips off later in his career, and that's the book that I always point to of like watch his illustrations in Watchmen are amazing, but his illustrations in Give Me Liberty, that first volume, not the later stuff, but that first volume are he, you, it's so crazy that you can see somebody just like almost reckoning with their legacy on the page. Like he's trying to outdraw Watchmen every time he sits down and it's so cool to read. And then of course the later stuff is, it, it is what it is, yeah. you know? Yeah, I they had to go somewhere. It's like, did you have to make a sequel? But I mean, yeah. but I mean the fact, you know, the, the secession of the, from the union and everything's oh, happening, yeah. it's going, it's like, wow, I go. And how, how Martha Washington gets dipped in the toxic acid and gets her hair bleached blonde. And like, oh, yeah, I, I love that book. Uh, you know, and then when the comic book movies came out, you know, again, I'm old enough to remember, you know, when, when Jack Nicholson Batman came out back in 89. And then I remember I was like the oldest person in the room. I was I think I was 40. When um, when Watchmen, I went to a midnight showing of Watchmen, you know, when it came out, packed theater, look behind me, everybody's 20. It's like, great. Um, but every, and, and I saw, you know, the, the, the comic book movies when they came out, it's like, yeah, I mean, as you know, some got it right and some lot got it wrong. Uh, I, by the way, for me, just, you know, cause I know we're dragging this out. Um, the, the whole Avengers thing, when, when Thanos took out, uh, what half of the, was it a half, half, yeah, half, half of the universe. Yeah. That was, that was it. That was the end of the thing for me. It was like, that's it. <clears throat> that's it. The series is over. You don't have to do a sequel. It's over. They lost. You know, it, that's because Thor screwed up. 
and uh, so the so I remember catching the um, the the final one at a theater in um, New Zealand, out of all places. You know, packed house was going. Yeah, I suppose. And I, I remember <laughs> all these these YouTube channels saying it's not going to be a time travel movie. I was going, do you know anything about time travel? Because it's absolutely going to be a time travel movie. So anyway, yes, comic books throughout my life, um, but I treated it, you know, for me, it was kind of like movies. I challenge anybody, the best year in movies was 1999. Never, the, the sheer volume of, of content didn't get any better after that. And for comic books, it's like, yeah, you know, I've, I've been waiting for friends. Like if you find any decent, you know, storylines that I, you know, that might pique, you know, my interest, I don't know. But the comic yeah, books, I, I, as it, you know, have been getting creamed recently. Right. Yeah, they really have. Uh, it's interesting though, because like most of the stuff you mentioned is like big two superhero stuff. So you're you're not more you're not really interested in the indie stuff. It's it's pretty superhero. Yeah, it is. But but again, that's just you know I I grew up with the old school stuff. You know, Silver Age type stuff. So but but again, but I had friends that were into oh god, um, you know, friends that were like into Spawn, friends that were into um. Lobo, Lobos, Lobo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lobo. Lobo, yeah. Um, you know those things. I mean, I had I had all sorts of friends. Same thing with um, but friends. Everybody, I had, every one of my friends like was a huge Magic the Gathering guy. I never owned a single card, but I played in all their games because I got proxy. So it was the same thing. It's like I'd I'd let them. I'd have people filter out the stuff for me. It's like what's cool, what's cool in in comic books, and you know because I was I just didn't have the time to. So, I mean, I but I had friends that would go in every week. Yeah, yeah. Was like, uh, yeah Wednesday Warrior. Oh yeah, pick, pick yeah, up yeah, yeah. the you know mm-hmm. the stuff mm-hmm. off the rack. Yeah. So, anyway, well, this is uh, <laughs> if if nothing else, uh, thank you for talking to us for nine hours about a bunch of wow, you two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, I, oh, no, I, I, pleasure. And of course, I was like, "Oh yeah, it'll just be like thirty minutes or something." And now, no, here we are. it never. I knew. No, no, nobody ever talks for thirty minutes. Ever yeah. About this. Stuff. Uh, yeah, I uh, like I said, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, obviously, we don't necessarily agree on anything, but uh, right. I feel like, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I feel like the the conversation was interesting. Uh, it was nice to talk to you and see that there's a human behind the, you know the the. It's interesting how everybody gets made into a monolith online and how everybody's always like, you know, this person's evil and pulling all of the strings, even when they're just like somebody in the fucking punk community. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so it's nice to. Uh, no, no, I'm not. I am not some evil overlord and I'm, I'm not. a. I don't think I'm a monster anyway. <laughs> well, uh, I, uh, I hope you wear a mask at the conference. We even, by the way, I'm, we I, even have a, um, a flat earth comic book that just came out. Um, oh god is it is it like a superhero thing is it flat earthman <laughs> it's no 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 it's more of uh men in no not even a men in black more of like an x-filesy thing where they're like going around uncovering the conspiracies about flat I, Earth. Or? i think he's being kind of drugged through it i i'll see if i can you know i'll see if i've got the thing i'll send it to you that's but, so funny uh, but the artwork's very, you know, they steal the artwork. You could tell is stolen from a bunch of different stuff. But it's interesting. Oh my god, they stole the art. Wait, what is that? No, mean? no, no, like they, no, like, no. Photoshopped. No, no, the style. Oh, 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 oh. No, I mean, oh, I'm, oh, I'm, re- I'm looking. I was going. Uh, <laughs> how do you pronounce it? Sinkenowitz. Sinkevich. Sinkevich. Really? Yeah, it's spelled Sinkowitz, but it's Polish, so it's pronounced Sinkevich. Sinkevich, the guy that did some of the Electra. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. Big, big teeth. New mutants. Well, okay. Oh, right. Yeah, I had New Mutants. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight, straight toasters and yeah. Oh, well, sorry. One more last thing, um, real quick, would be the um, oh god, was it Earth X? Oh yeah, I Alex loved, Ross, Jim Kruger. Yeah, I loved the Earth X, and of course, I had to take it out of its freaking plastic case because it wouldn't fit on the shelf. The um, the big graphic novel with its stupid 3D case. Mm-hmm. But the um, I loved. I got chills when I watched Galactus take out two of the Celestials. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. It is a game more epic than that. Marvel yeah. learned something. Anyway. Yeah, I mean they uh they definitely have have uh well I guess that's not even true. I was gonna say they, they haven't done a big Galactus thing like that recently, but they actually kinda just did recently. I don't know if you're following any of the like cosmic ghostwriter stuff that happened a couple years ago. I haven't, but good stuff. It, it a lot of people really like it. Yeah, a lot right. he's he's developed a, a big fan base. Basically there's a one of the heralds is a ghostwriter, so he's a, a skull guy, you know, on a cosmically powered motorcycle, and um, they do kind of like a lone wolf and cub thing where Cosmic Ghostwriter has to raise uh, a reborn baby Thanos. Um, <laughs> so they're like going across the universe having adventures and stuff. And Wow. Yeah, so, you know, uh, if you're into that kind of stuff, uh, that might be something to look out for. Uh, yeah. 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 And by the way, I didn't, I didn't know that um, until, again, Friends told me until um, they said, "Oh yeah, if you haven't checked like the Inhumans, didn't even know they were a thing." Oh yeah, Inhumans. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and then they used him, uh, Black Bolt, to summon Galactus in Earth X. I was going, "Huh, interesting choice." Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm a big Kirby fan, so all of that uh, yeah. old school like you know stuff that c- came out of the original 103 issues of Fantastic Four is like right. solid to me. Yeah. yeah, and and maybe that's why in the um, in planetary they paid so much homage to the four. Oh yeah, totally. Because they were Mar- they were like Marvel's first family. Like if if you like, it's interesting seeing the kind of like shitty monster comics that Stan was in air quotes writing prior to their implementation, and then like the stuff that he and Jack started doing with Fantastic Four. It like it takes a little while to find its footing, but then it's like oh wow, this is like you know to go to the x-files thing that you just said if like you know how when like a show just kind of captures the zeitgeist where like either buffy or x-files or you know whatever you want to point to in the mid-2000s there's like there's that show that just like slots right into culture and that's kind of what that early fantastic four stuff was yeah Um, yeah i was always wondering it's like yeah and then so yeah it was neat to see you know it was oh yeah it was fantastic four they were the ones that were going to take over the world superman Green Lantern, Flash, no, backhand <laughs> them out of existence. Awesome. Yeah. Anyway, uh, guys, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. A lot thank of you fun. For, uh, um, if you need anything else or any resources or any links or whatever, just shoot me a thing. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. Cool. Yeah. Thanks a lot, man. Really, uh, really appreciate you making the time. Mm-hmm. See you guys. <laughs> Bye. Later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? I don't know. <laughs> Did I just become friends with Mark Sargent? Like, I think you did. So my my initial question is oh how much God. of that are we using? Because part of me kind of feels like we should just use it all cuz it's so weird. Yeah. It's so weird. Deep Cuts is a production by Boy Genius Media. If you'd like to find this show and others like it, please visit boygeniusmedia.com or deepcutspod.com. If you want to join in on post-episode discussions, please join the Deep Cuts podcast Facebook group 
Finally, subscribe to our YouTube channel for additional video content.